very fair-minded, objective juror, would certainly agree that Donald Trump was never guilty of the high crime for which he was so improperly charged. Donald Trump achieved more than any other president, at least any since Ronald Reagan. There is indeed a widespread hope in the hearts of millions that both for the sake of America and of the free world, his best political days are indeed yet to come. Now, there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever to support the media pack view, the commentariat view, that his behaviour after the election was in any way reprehensible. Not only was he entitled to his strong reservations about the integrity of the election, he was under a duty, flowing from his solemn oath to preserve, to protect and to defend the Constitution, to advance the lawful correction of what he believed was electoral fraud. This included inviting Mike Pence to be, as the Constitution intends, more than just a mere rubber stamp for fraud. The media pack insistent that Trump's fraud allegations are entirely baseless and without any evidence whatsoever, along with their curious refusal to investigate these lend support to the conclusion that they are doing no more than the bidding of the anti-Trump cabal of powerful people who so conveniently for us bragged about themselves to Time News magazine in a very large article, which I recommend you have a look at. And incidentally, why aren't Australian commentators especially outraged that the cabal's sinister agenda includes dismantling Australia's gift to the world, that great protection against electoral fraud, the secret, was the Americans say, the Australian ballot. This is being increasingly replaced by mail-in ballots to every name on an often outdated roll, together with significantly reducing safeguards, at times achieved contrary to the Constitution. That was what was alleged by Texas and 17 states in their case, which they brought before the Supreme Court, which a majority rejected on the grounds of a mere technicality. As to the current replacement, which began, or the tendency for impeachments, which began almost as soon as he was appointed, Judicial Watch says they're there to chill any opposition to the elite's agenda. Increasingly, as you would know, anyone daring to speak against the elite agenda risks being deplatformed, uh, being dismissed in some places, and in political parties losing pre-selection. The snap impeachment by Mrs. Pelosi was even worse than a Stalin show trial. At least there, they pretend to offer due process. They dispensed completely with taking evidence, with allowing fairness to Mr. Trump, allowing him to put views. They said he was so dangerous, he had to be got rid of immediately, which wasn't true because then Mrs. Pelosi 
sat on the impeachment articles until it could only go to the Senate in such a time when the trial would occur after he had left office. As to the unconstitutional charade of a trial in the Senate, Trump's legal team have de delivered gems, absolute gems, like you'd get more due process fighting a parking ticket than you would in this charade, and you can't incite what was going to happen. Meanwhile, the presidential managers, the prosecution, have been doing things which, in a real court, they would as lawyers be struck off, amending the evidence, trying to slip in evidence during their summing up, all sorts of things which lawyers just cannot do. One of their outrages was to doctor a tape removing Trump's call for any march to the Capitol to be patriotic and peaceful. I wrote a letter about this to one of the Australian newspapers pointing out that for some reason in their detailed report, they'd missed the line where he said it should be patriotic and peaceful. They didn't publish my letter, but that day on which it might have been published, one of their lead commentators came forward and explained this as a transparent Trump self-protection clause. No matter what President Trump did, he would always be attacked. And it's quite clear now that the invasion was planned well in advance, and it began before his speech ended. It would be impossible for him to have incited the crowd, and certainly when his lawyers applied the Supreme Court Brandenburg test, he just couldn't be shown to have incited. That test says your words have to be directed to producing an imminent and immediate reaction, and to have actually produced that reaction, and they've been unable to prove that. So instead, they spent all of their time, too much of their time, demonstrating what everybody agreed, that is, that the invasion was appalling. Obviously, Trump would not have wanted the invasion because he wanted the Congress to listen to challenges to the fraudulent election of Democrat members of the Electoral College. An invasion would have stopped, weakened, or delayed this, as it did. The prosecution, the House managers, as they're called, made the mistake of using most of their allotted time concentrating on the invasion and on speeches to showcase the individual members. It's all very well. The more professional and ethical Trump defence team took far less time, but was much more substantial. This charade in the Senate achieved nothing, but allowed for vicious anti-Trump news reports. Apart from the lack of due process, its unconstitutionality, the failure to even attempt to prove the case according to the law was appalling. But the most appalling aspect was their decision to deny Donald Trump both his right to due process and his right to freedom of speech. If they would do this to a former president, what would they do to the rank and file? The greatest condemnation of the elite establishment 
was the Trump legal team's compelling answer to the fatuous claim that Donald Trump caused the invasion of the Capitol. The true reason was more likely to have been the result of the long summer of insurrection. Eight months across the Democrat-administered cities across the United States. This involved burning, torching and looting by what has become the paramilitary arm of the Democratic Party, the BLM and Antifa. For eight months, these attracted from the Democrat leaders, including Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, at best, a failure to tell them to stand down, or at worst, particularly in the case of the vice president, active support in campaigning for bail and in encouraging them to go on for more outrages. After eight months of this, it was the Democrat leadership which created the increasing view, at least among radicals, not typical Trump supporters, that violent demonstrations were now the American norm. Biden, and especially Harris, were far more to blame and far more impeachable, perhaps after the midterm elections, for the capital invasion. Harris especially may well be proven to be an accessory after the fact for many of the crimes of that long summer. The chickens have indeed at last come home to roost. It's for both Americans and for Australians and for all of those of the free world to take back their country from the elites.